TFS, episode number 97. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Martin Woodward. Hey, Martin. How are you, man? I'm doing good. The kids have started back at school. There's a, there's a big uh, milestone. <laughs> My eldest boy's just gone off to big school. So I guess uh-huh. you, I don't know what you call that I know, in America, high school, I guess. So, um, yeah, that's a, a big milestone for us. We're just getting used to that right now. And obviously, nice. um, we're into the fall season. So, you know, everyone's back from the summer holidays and things start to pick up again when it comes to announcements. So it should be good. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 cooking here in Los Angeles, West Coast, uh, United States. It's I think uh, my town is going to be 107 today, wow. or something. So yeah, it's cooking here too. That's crazy. Well, yeah, no, it, yeah. It, it's over here. It's like it's just turned autumnal overnight. You know, since the first <laughs> of September, um, it it became cool in the air. You know, there's horse chestnuts conkers, we call them in the UK, starting to form on the trees. So it's good. And and the first of September brought other news as well. The um, the it's straight into it. How about this? That was smooth. <laughs> nice. Yeah, anyway, thanks. That was good. Thank you. The pricing changes. <laughs> of, we talked about this before. The pricing and licensing right. changes that were due. They actually kicked in on September first. So this is the um, um, this is this new uh, tiered pricing model with VS Online, you know, where you can get a basic um, subscription and that also comes with a, a TFS Cal. So basically, you know, you can rent your Cal's now for TFS or rent, right. your, rent your accounts for Visual Studio Online, which is pretty awesome. But um, Brian Harry did a blog post, uh, which put in the show notes, which kind of explained the thinking behind this and how he's trying to, rather than make TFS and, you know, the AM experience kind of thing, the VSO experience be a, a one-size-fits-all solution, trying to mm-hmm. sort of make it a bit more pay-as-you-go uh, model and, you know... So cons- kind of more a la carte kind of... Yeah, more a la carte, pay for the features you use, and, and it's right. good in a way because it also gives you... Um, it makes sense from their point of view because it, it gives them a, an easier on-ramp in terms of, you know, sticker shock. So you look and you go, oh, right. that's nice, and you start using a bit, and you go, oh, look at those shiny features, and then you, you pay for a bit more, and you pay for a bit more, and then, you know, so... So that's all good. And then um, as well as that, um, which we have talked about before, they kicked in. He also talked about some changes that are coming up uh, around the way that uh, builds are, are, are priced. In, this is just in Visual Studio Online now. This isn't okay, right. on-prem TFS is the same it always is. <laughs> Um, but with with Visual Studio Online, it used to be that you paid per minute for hosted build servers. And now the model is changing where you pay for agents. So you can either pay um, 40 bucks per month per agent, or uh, that's a hosted agent, you know, where, where, where they take care of all the compute resources for you and everything like that, or $15 mm-hmm. a month if you want private agents. The, 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 the reason for doing that is um, it's an, not an unbounded expense. Basically, you know exactly how much your bill, how much your bill bill is going to be at the end of the month. You know, it's forty dollars per agent per month. But, nice. But if you decide your queue times for builds are too long, then mm-hmm. you know one option of fixing that is to increase the number of agents. And so you know it, it's kind of it's a much easier model to manage in terms of expense rather than a per minute model. So, I'm looking at it now. Six hour max job length. Well, wow, that's a bill. That's on a on a hosted agent. Yeah, correct. Uh, correct. Yep. Yep. That is a build and a half, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and if you were paying per minute for that, uh, yeah, you would definitely uh, that would that would that would stink. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the private agent thing was interesting. It'd be good to get Chris mm-hmm. back on because obviously in the past, if you you're paying for the VM 
to run a private so a private agent is basically where you you are paying for the machine the build server runs on and and right. so that's good because well that's useful because you basically you own that vm so you can you could make it a, like a d3 you know azure vm which is blazing fast well actually they use d3s in the hosted agent so it's as fast as a hosted agent but it it, it belongs to you and then you've also got the um you know you can maybe even have it as on-prem hardware pointing at vso and then all the like when the results of the build are posted you can have them drop to a file share locally in your lan rather than having to have them posted back into vso and then download them back over to your you know back over into your network or whatever so there are there are lots of there are you know advantages for private agents but you have to run the hardware and you have to um you know you have to look after that box and maintain and patch that box and pay for all the electricity of that box even if it's not being used and all that sort of stuff so but that's like pretty much the only option if you have a bunch of third-party components. Yes, yeah, you got like uh, license components. And and, license yeah, exactly. That sort of stuff. You definitely. That's the way you have to go. And you get that first on-prem box for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have yep. to add that second one, that's the fifteen dollars. Yeah, month. which is different from before. So that that's right. the main. That's the main difference. And then Brian also hinted, so you so you get, um, yeah, just to summarize, like Brian did a really lengthy blog post about it. It's worth reading because it, it, it delves into like kind of the team's thinking about this. And, um, you know, it, it's moved on a long way from when I was on the team as well. So it's, it was a really interesting post to read. But basically, um, you get 250 minutes per month free of build. And that's like the that's the the free build. You know, that's the that's the like you've you know get you hooked on build sort of offer uh, it's 240 240 sorry is what i said yeah but it's um yeah. oh yeah no but it, you only get like a build can only be three thirty minutes long at that rate you know mm-hmm. so that's like the equivalent to an azure you know that's the moral equivalent to an azure website in like azure resource <laughs> it's, it's kind of good enough for most people. right but uh, once right. you start getting really serious, you're going to need to scale up to a hosted agent, which is uh, $40 per month per agent with a six hour maximum job length, which is basically, you know, if your builds are longer than that, then probably, in, in, you know, you're in trouble anyway. Um, and then you also get one uh, free hosted build, like if you have an on-prem build agent or, um, you know, if you're providing a private build agent, you get one of those free per um, per account. Um, mm-hmm. And then you, and then it's fifteen dollars per month for every subsequent private agent that you might want to add. So I hope that makes sense. And he talks about the release management stuff and basically hints it seems it's going to be very similar to the build stuff. So, so yeah, how going off script? How easy is it to switch between these? Between like hosted and private? Yeah, oh, they're incredibly easy. Basically, um, you uh, assuming you've built your assuming you've built your build correctly, and you have, <laughs> and you and you have. It's very easy to go from hosted to private. Let's put it that way. Uh-huh. Because right. okay. um, because if you if you are if you have no prerequisites on your build server, which is the way you should do it, apart mm-hmm. from things like Visual Studio or Java or Ant or whatever, then um, then you can run you can run the build in the hosted build agent really easily, and then to convert it to a private build agent you would just install you know the build agent software on your machine connect right. it to your vso account and then in the default build controller you just point it at the private agent so super easy and you can nice. swap them back and forth and so and i do this in demos quite a lot because <laughs> with private agents you can you know you can control the queue lengths and things so in a in a build quite often in a demo if i'm quite often showing the build infrastructure i'll actually do it off a private build agent just to you know just quickly just to show you know so i don't you don't have to wait for the queue because sometimes the queue length can take like 
30 seconds, which when you're up on stage telling jokes and things, you know, <laughs> seeing 30 seconds of mine tap dancing often is, isn't as amusing as it could be. So I'd rather just, I'd rather actually just show them what they came, what they paid the money to see, you know. So yes. there we go. Yeah. So that's quite good. It's, um, yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's just fascinating. It's a fascinating post. Definitely worth reading how they're changing the business model. Yeah. Speaking of posts from the ALM team, Karen Ings posted a couple of weeks ago about the package management support coming for VSO and TFS. Just a preview, an announcement of it. Mm. And remember uh, uh, last show, show before last, we shouted out to everybody. I show before last, a month ago, uh, we were talking about the, these kind of binary repository package management solutions and um, – you know, you and I have been having discussions about, you know, and I, and I was being a bit cagey stuff. about recommending <laughs> any particular one right now. And you were like, come on, dude. <laughs> and then I, it was like the day after or something, I see this post. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I, I kind of get it. But what's nice about this is, is um, First of all, no dates are announced. Uh, all the features in the post here are are preview. Um, you know, they're expecting to enable the new NuGet packet management features in a public preview in your VSO account in uh, fourth quarter 2015. Uh, at least that's what they're hoping for. And what they're looking at is the service aims to provide. What they kind of want to provide is a private hosted packages for your organization where NuGet is the first supported package type, but it's not the only. The service is going to be built to support any programming language or platform and contain artifacts from your own build server, from NuGet, from... Uh, um, Package Manager uh, GitHub, they're going to try to do this thing where the um, consistent access to your components needed for your build, enterprise authentication uh, set up to integrate with release and um, build management tools. It's kind of uh, allow you for search and discovery for packages across your organization. They're not just doing it for NuGet. So, you know, Chocolatey and all these other package management things. And the, what's important, though, the, the key thing is that they're not inventing their own package type. Well, yeah, I, I that, think that's, that would actually be crazy talk. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would Microsoft of five years ago. Uh, you could almost see that. But of today, it's kind of like, well, of course. Yeah, and that's yes. what's nice. It kind of shows the difference about how just the way the teams think. Now, there's a lot of third-party solutions already for this. Yeah, ProGet's obviously a popular one. MyGet, Artifactory, and Stonotype Nexus would be the most popular ones that support package types outside of NuGet. You know, so support like RPMs and um, uh, Maven and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, you know, is what I mean. You you're somebody who's using is it ProGet right now? I didn't is. Pro- is it is it sounding like what is it sounding like it's heading towards something that you might need inside the company and things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the key for me is the on premises. It has to be on premise. I, yeah. I can't have our you know uh, binaries outside the wall. Mm-hmm. So that's where you know it's like okay, that, you know that's cool, and that's why we had to get a third party solution because there was nothing available. Okay. But now that this is coming, the challenge for the team is going to be that there's a lot of solutions, or not a lot, but there's enough solutions, and enough solutions that are getting the job done. ProGit for me just works, and yeah. I know for other ALM MVPs uh, they're using it too, and it just works. It's really simple to install. The Express version is free. There's um, source server support in it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it pretty much is nice and just gets the job done. Mm-hmm. So the team act has to 
beat that uh, and make that draw. But the thing is, they're going to, you know, this is the team that controls or has access to all your source. It has access to your build. It has access to your work items. So think about that integration that you can see with these third-party solutions, but then take it up a level where it knows everything about your source and your projects and your solutions. And, and <laughs> because they have these kind of connections, now I'm not saying that they're doing this or this is this has been announced or anything else, but you can see where they could go with it. Mm-hmm. They could go with looking at your solutions in in your source control repository and see where certain packages are actually being used. Well, and it, so, it may like um, especially as you move kind of, towards a Git world where you, you know things are becoming a bit more modular and a bit you know you want smaller like less monolithic solutions, more component reuse, and all this sort of stuff that's happening nowadays. It just mm-hmm. makes more and more, and, and even reuse of like new Git packages from externally built and things like that. It just makes more and more sense that actual package management is a core a core component of your development you know like uh, alm tool set and like every other thing you know you can either you can uh you know you use what's fully integrated tfs or you can plug bits in and it works well with both so it's all good yep. so, so yeah that's exciting mm, and we'll yep. be seeing that at the end of the year beginning of next year Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and speaking of timelines, yeah. Well, Brian posted, and uh, we had, the timeline's been updated, and so now one of the things that's interesting is uh, you can actually go look at some of the features. So, if you don't know the features to timeline, it's worth looking. It's um, uh, over on the VisualStudio.com website. You, you go, I think it's like the news, and then you look at release archive here. So, and it shows you all the different features and what which version of on-premise TFS they landed in, or which update. And it's incredibly handy, you know, to sort of try and understand like which feature is that in and so on and so forth um and when they mentioned in release notes well what is that they've also updated it to show you the features that are under development that they've talked about and kind of um the rough timelines you know so a lot of them are tbd and things but you know timeline as to as to when that support will be landing in which update to tfs and yeah it's, it's quite quite uh you know quite ballsy of a team to commit <laughs> so um no I'm 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 fascinated it's really good yeah, that's nice. And just the fact that you know, TFS 2015 update one is mentioned and TFS update two is mentioned. So yeah. both of those dates, and, and we know there's going to be future ones that just yeah, seem we, we know, Well, there's no dates for them, but it's, it's <laughs> the fact, it's the fact that we know there's going to be an update two now. But hey, there you go. That was probably a fairly safe guess anyway. Yeah, I, I do have to kind of laugh. That look at TFS update one, the Git and TFVC in the same same team project is fourth quarter 2015 plan date. That's in TFS update one and TFS update two. Um, yeah, it's also for 2015. So, hey, you know, <laughs> planned. Yeah, exactly. But there's also planned when it's going to land in VSO, and then you know, then there's the planned when it's going to land in the server. So I think that's what the plan date well, means. Yeah, uh, yeah, that kind of sense. Well, look at that one as well. I Look at the Q4 2015 SSH support and Windows credential helper for Git. Oh, I, don't think, I don't think that's been announced. So that's, this, this is quite a good page to go read. I, did, I, was, I was like, oh, okay. We haven't spoken about that. So there we go. That's all, all good. Um, wow, I'm, I'm looking here now and seeing if there's anything else that's unreleased and it's not been talked about. Good on you, Brian. I love it when he mentions stuff that's not public. Yeah, this is awesome. Great. There we go. So what what other features 
uh, and timelines. Uh, where are we getting these features from? Oh, so yeah, over on um, uh, the user voice, you know, you, um, one of the things that, as a as a former member of that team, one of the things that was incredibly important to the team um, is basically, hey, I just knocked off X many, you know, hundreds of votes from user voice, <clears throat> and so. Um, as as well as the the feature line team uh, refresh, uh, the the Brian talked about um, you know that in a in a user voice version and show you all the different he did screenshots of the you know the upcoming features and how many votes there were against each one and and that sort of thing and now team project rename is gone uh, that you know <laughs> is uh, is significant as to um, as how we've done that and also it's, it's it's interesting to see how you know the align with actually things that people have been asking for like customizing a process templates and SSH support and things, you know, and how, how they're actually reading this. Apologies for my phone ringing now. I've just muted that. Um, so, you know, I'm an, I'm an on-prem guy. Uh, that's, that's pretty much where I'm working at for here in, the, in my day job. At night, of course, I, I do VSO or, or CodePlex. I still have stuff out on CodePlex. Got to give CodePlex the love. But um, Brian Harry also recently talked about the TFS 2015 installation guidance. I guess he's been getting a lot of questions about where is the guidance? Yeah, I want to install this on-prem. So it's a really short post, and we'll have links to both of them. But he's got the post to the MSDN article, set up, upgrade, and administer TFS on-premises. And it's just the whole setup and upgrade and um, all, all the tips. And, and what's nice is also today from the TFS setup team, from um, Sharaha Rajendran, Rajendran, Rajendran. Yeah, I did that much better when we were talking about you it. You did. It was, it was Rajendran. seamless in prep. Never <laughs> <laughs> oh, mind. Um, just posted today, just a couple hours ago, preparing for the TFS 2015 upgrade. And it's a really relatively short post with links to a bunch of resources and uh, getting information about what's new if you're trying to sell it to your internals. Uh, the, the pre-upgrade checklist, we've talked about the TFS upgrade tool. There's links to that in here. And it's basically, which is a nice guideline if your a project database collection site is greater than one terabyte. Mm you should probably use this tool. So that guidance is there in the link to it, uh, links to other resources. And of course, you know, there's other posts recently done by this team that you should definitely take an eye, uh, take a look at, take an eye at. Um, and lastly, the TFS Power Tools. Brian also logged about this. The TFS Power Tools are now available uh, for VS 2015 and TFS 2015. Yep, and they're doing a great job as ever. I used to, I used to look after that team, and fortunately, they've gone strength to strength because I've moved away from that. So that's all good. So um, yeah, definitely. It's, um, so speaking of stuff I was doing, the you know I've done in the day job and stuff I'm doing in my day job now. Um, the MS Build team have actually. This is kind of, I suppose, it is related to ALM really because you know ms build is kind of essential for a lot of things in alm and and, and visual studio um the ms build is actually the team are working hard to um uh, get that ported over to dotnet core so you know dotnet okay. core being the you know the more modular um lighter footprint cross-platform version of dotnet that's all incre- all fully open source and right. kind of what i you know help help with on the day job and then um yeah so they're porting ms build over to dotnet core which also means that ms build will be you know cross-platform which is cool and awesome um so yeah i thought i was i thought it was great wow. to see um now it's a significant undertaking and it's actually significant on both sides both you know there's a lot of work for the ms build guys to um 
to to port to .NET Core because basically the lower down you are in the stack, the more work it is for for <laughs> that sort of thing to do. Um, but it also it also um, it's a fairly big it's a fairly big surface area and use case for the .NET Core to exercise it. So there's stuff that's going to get pulled into .NET Core as well that might not have got pulled in as early, you know, because right now obviously it's the focus is kind of on ASP network loads and things like that. So MS Build is such a significantly different beast that um, you know getting getting it to work as well is going to require better work on that side. So no, it's um, really interesting and, and, and fascinating that they're doing that. And it's getting more and more to the point where, you know, you're moving away from uh, where it's fully self-hosting. You know, the only thing you need to build and run .NET Core and .NET apps on Linux is .NET Core, which is pretty cool. So Nice. So this is the MS Build or is this a rewrite? No, this is, this, is, uh, this is MS Build. Yep. And if you go okay. to the GitHub, um, now there are lots of versions of MS Build, you know. Um, so if you go to... <laughs> right. If you go to uh, MS Build, you actually get, you know, the GitHub repo, you can actually go uh, look at the source code of that. But no, they, they, the version of MS Build that shipped is on is up on GitHub, and then you can go see the version that they're working on, you know, for the next releases and things like that. So, um, yep, it's uh, it's all, you know, cats and dogs living together. It's all, all wow. moving, so it's pretty cool. So MS Build, the, the tool that you use to build like C sharp applications, is actually written and mostly it looks like in C sharp. Oh yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a Roslyn thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it always has been in C sharp actually for uh-huh. since the very beginning. Now, when you go to if you go over to the GitHub repository, there's actually two branches: is master and XPlat. So you can actually see the XPlat is like a feature branch that shows you um, okay. how they're getting on, you know, in terms of porting it over to .NET Core. So, uh, anyway, it's worth, worth taking a look. But, um, yeah, yeah, and it's all written in C-Sharp. It always has been for, forever. Okay. Um, nice, uh, and I'm looking at the X, uh, XPlat now. It's, like, updated seven days ago, so it's very... Oh, well, very- you know, that's actually quite disappointing that that's never the last... The, oh, no, that's the last <laughs> merge pull request. How right, I mean, let's go the master... The pull request. So carry yeah, on. the master source has uh, updates uh, a day ago. Yeah, two days ago, and but if you look at the um, if if you go look at the pull request, you can see there have been pull requests in there from like hours ago, and so um, you know the team are actively working on. They just you know they're, they're in code review modes and things like that. So yeah, there right. we go. There we go. So yep, all good. I think that's. There's samples and stuff in there. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. yeah. And what I quite like is where you, you can see like the team doing code reviews with other members of the team in like you know you just go see it. You just listen in if you really want to, and right. you know and just go like go look at the update to latest X unit and adopt VS test runner. And you're like, all oh, right, okay, cool. And you can watch some people in the team having conversations, you know, between themselves and with the community, and it's just all good. <laughs> Do you have any idea why XUnit not um, MS test? Uh, all of the like most of the .NET um, core unit tests are in XUnit. Um, really? And, yeah, and XUnit is open source, so um, I uh, don't know why XUnit. I don't know why that's the case, but there we go. Uh, yeah, huh. I know. I know that that's fairly common across across the uh, across the board. Right. Eh, interesting. Yep. What's well, that time of the show? Yeah. Um, episode ninety-seven of Radio TFS is brought to you by SAS Made Easy a leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com or via email sales at S-A-A-S-M-A-D-E-E-A-S-Y.com. And again, thanks to them for helping us bring you the show. And speaking of the show. So 
speaking of the show, we're on episode 97. Um, <laughs> did we want to line up a Brian Harry interview for episode 100, or do we want to save that for the birthday of TFS, which is now going to be way past episode 100? <sighs> I, I think obviously it depends when we can fit him in because he's, he's no, a slightly you know, busy man. Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I, I think let's set him up for the anniversary. Okay. I think for 100, we need to bring back uh, Paul and Mickey. Oh, definitely. That's the deal. Let's do it. Let's make that happen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a good good plan. Good plan. That's why you're the <laughs> producer now, and not me anymore. <laughs> Hey, um, so did uh, Dr. Graham Smith, or Graham Smith as he's known to his friends, um, did, um, he's done a couple of blog posts lately about um, using um, Git with Visual Studio. And what I really liked about this series is it's, it's very much a getting started guide. You know, uh, here's how you use it from the beginning, nuts and bolts. You know, so if you want to read about this stuff, if, you're, you know, if you've heard about this Git thing and want to get into it and want to see how it's used with Visual Studio, or maybe you know about Git already, but you haven't seen the Visual Studio integration, He's done uh, two posts. The um, one that's just sort of get getting started with in Visual Studio, and then one that talks more about uh, the TFS integration and and you know using Visual Studio and TFS 2015 with Git. So um, yeah, it was it was a nice sort of introductory series of posts, and um, you know re- recapped a lot of stuff there, and it's fully up to date. So I thought it was a good little series to to read into. Yeah, definitely something I've got queued for because I get questions every so often about Git. Um, you know, should we do it or what? What is it primarily? Mm, uh, well, and then from in-house devs. Yeah, and there's a lot of devs. Obviously, we've talked in the past about um, devs, uh, sort of who are mo- who know TFVC very well, mm-hmm. or you know, know that kind of <laughs> mode of, of, of version control. But then they're wanting to like give Git a try, and how do they, you know? How do they how do they learn you know Git sort of thing for users of TFVC and uh, so the Rangers have had some good guidance about that for a while and actually Juan Maria has um, posted uh, the guide in Spanish so oh, if, if nice. you want to read about yeah Git para useros de TFVC then you can actually go do I have no idea if that's good or not but there we go so if you want to you know it's in it's um he's updated his Visual Studio guides um with, with, with the Git stuff so I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. Great for your team. Um, so we've been talking about build, uh, the, the new build features in TFS 2015 and, and VSO. We've talked every show. We seem to talk about the, the new build. Um, Gory Sahoni talked about on .NET Curry, which I, I love their site because they're always yep. doing uh, good and depth in depth posts. Yeah, talking about those guys build. at the MVP Summit as well. So there you go. That's oh, good fun. Awesome. Carry on. Uh, and they recently did a new build features in TFS 2015 Visual Studio Online. But what I what drew me to this article is it seemed to be much more focused for the TFS 2015 team and not the VSO because there's different behaviors. Like uh, even they, they talk about setting up XAML builds, mm-hmm. you know, if, because we've got two builds now on 2015, yeah. uh, build vnext or MS build and XAML builds. And they go through the, the details, the new build system and, and Visual Studio 2015, creating the build definition. A lot of these are what you've seen before, but they're, you know, done on premises. So uh, that's what I really liked about it. It's not VSO. All the screenshots are Visual Studio Team Foundation Server 2015. Yeah. So if you're looking at 2015, you, you want to bring it in-house. Uh, again, you're trying to sell it. You know, this is a kind of a good article to take a look at. 
related to this, John Kreese from a simple talk slash Redgate did a, you know, how do you build these VNIX tasks for mm. Visual Studio Online or TFS 2015. And what I really liked about it is, is Redgate has uh, at least four different uh, of these kind of tasks. So this isn't just a, you know, how, how do you build it? But this is like, this is how we built it. This is the things that we learned when we went through these kind of challenges, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, editing the task.json file, uh, the PowerShell file, and, and creating these, uploading the task. So it was the you know real world kind of scenario. And that's what really drew me to this post. Definitely. And Redgate, you know, they're one of the good guys, you know what I mean? So they do, they're smart guys over there and do some really good stuff. So no, it's a fascinating yeah. post. Um, speaking again of good guys in Cycle Software, Alex Turner um, is doing a great blog series about um, they're doing a, a mobile app, VSO to Go, and mm-hmm. talking um, about how to use the REST APIs basically on uh, with Visual Studio Online. And it's a good, it's great because not only you know is it building the application up, but it's a a, a, a great work series of examples about how to consume the REST API, how to call the REST API from the application. And then there's even stuff like how to hook in telemetry and all this sort of stuff so you can actually see, you know, within Application Insights, see people using this. And it's a really, really good end-to-end demo of ALM using the ALM APIs and using mobile app development. So um, a, a great series there that we'll link to in the show notes. Nice. The, we've talked about Sonar Cube quite a bit. Well, the MS Build Sonar Cube Runner uh, 1.0.1 was just released uh, today. Mm. Uh, and this one has a more robust execution, uh, succinct console output, better error messages, better detection of test projects, better detection of generated code, updated and extended documentation. You know, it's a, it's a dot one kind of release, but it's, they packed a lot into it. Yeah, definitely. What's also nice that they did, um, Sonar Source released uh, along with this, the Sonar Cube C Sharp plugin uh, 4.2 and the Sonar Cube setup guide for .NET users version 1.2.0. Mm. So it's like a three for one release day. Wow, there we go. Um, so we we talk about uh, you know there's quite a lot of people we talk about quite often and um, mm-hmm. a friend of the show Randy Pagels we you know we've mentioned him a few times I was just looking in my email archives there and I've actually been talking with Randy about TFS and Team Prize and Visual Studio Online and stuff since 2007 I think was my first <laughs> conversations with him so you know uh, it's definitely and um, I think we've you know he's been listening to the show since sort of uh, 2017. 2008, that sort of time frame. But um, one of the things uh, that's always worth mentioning for people who aren't aware, Randy has a great uh, resource site that you can tell has been around for a while because it's called uh, Team System Cafe. So there you go. Him and Nino are still clinging to that name as much as they can. And um, if you go to teamsystemcafe.net uh, WAC resources, it's a, it's a a fantastic website that Randy still keeps up to date, which sort of shows you all the different resources available, you know, and the, like the how to's and where to get more information and all that sort of stuff. And um, it's a really good, you know, yeah, a really good index site of what's happening, really, what's brewing. So um, if you haven't been there before, go to teamsystemcafe.net. Ed, we're getting to that time of the show. It's the ALM Ranger time. Um, we're actually kind of a short show today, but that, but that's okay. Everybody's kind of hungover from the summer and stuff. Um, 
And speaking of summer, you know, Willie P posted that they, the team, the ALM Rangers, are now resuming their adventures after the summer break. So they're back to work. They've talked about a number of news items about the PowerShell DSC guidance, the folder management extension by our Ninja Geek. The upgrade uh, team flights are being done. There's new discussions happening on Channel 9. Uh, and a shout out to uh, Anisha. She got the Radio TFS stickers uh, that I sent her. Yay. Willie P got his stickers. You know, I took a stickers. big stack of stickers the whole way to Redmond with me a few weeks ago and then forgot and left and then brought them all the way back with me again. So never mind. <laughs> and, and I plan on uh, – oh, you know what? It's awesome. Even here on his website is the Radio TFS sticker. I'm nice. looking at it as we speak. That That's pretty awesome. That's a great looking sticker. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, and he talks about there's a new t-shirt, uh, uh, more community news happening, uh, a bunch of interesting reads. So the ALM Rangers, not that they've ever left it, but they're back on it. Uh, their, their flights are, are getting updated, and we should be expecting to hear more from them soon. Cool. Well, that's the show, sir. It certainly is. So as I say, you, you had some good feedback and things. Um, if you have got uh, questions or feedback, then do um, drop us an email, radiotfs at outlook.com. Don't hesitate to drop us a line as well on uh, at radiotfs, especially if you're mentioning the post. You've had some great uh, some great traffic from people you know, retweeting the shows and things, so that's awesome. Thank you very much. You can always drop us a voicemail on uh, 425-233-8379. And obviously, we're, we're on Facebook. We need to get on Snapchat and Instagram as well, should we? Do all the social media. No, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of old school. I can barely handle uh, um, Slacker is the, is the Slack. new thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slack. Yeah, that seems to be the, the new thing. I'm just trying to get used to that, let alone Twitter and the Facebook and all these web things, the inner tubes. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. And we'll speak to you next time on Radio TFS. Radio TFS.